0: Hear the word of God now from Exodus. We started at the beginning of the Bible, the first book last week on our series on giving, and now we're going to continue with the second book of the Bible. This is after Israel is instructed to build a tabernacle, kind of a mobile worship center for God, but then they get sidetracked, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But then they come back to center and Listen to what God does and what happens. So, Bezalel and Ohilab and every skilled person to whom the Lord has given skill and ability to know how to carry out all the work of constructing the sanctuary, the tabernacle, are to do the work just as the Lord has commanded. Then Moses summoned Bezalel and Ohilab and every skilled person to whom the Lord has given ability and who was willing to come and do the work. They received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had brought to carry out the work of constructing the sanctuary. And the people continued to bring freewill offerings morning after morning. So all the skilled workers who were doing all the work in the sanctuary left what they were doing and said to Moses, The people are bringing more than enough for doing the work the Lord commanded to be done. Then Moses gave an order, and they sent this word throughout the camp. No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more, because what they had already had was more than enough to do all the work. God always blesses the reading of God's holy word. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Bless us ongoingly through your word today. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pure and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So we're in this series on giving. Last week, we talked about Jacob, the schemer, the gripper, who came out of the womb gripping his twin's heel and uh, schemed to get his father's blessing and deceived and gripped all his life. His call was letting go in response to God's grace, and he did that at the end of the passage last week. Next week, we're going to talk about the parable of the talents, which is all about risking in response to God's grace, giving and through investing and risking. This week, we're going to look at recognizing what we have to give in response to God's grace. You know, humanity is a mess, and we really do... If you look around and look at our own own hearts, we really do kind of deserve to be in the doghouse. (laughs) But instead, God invites us and includes us to build his house. Last week's story began with Jacob running from the ramifications of his own schemes and ended with him giving. He went from running to giving. This week's story of giving begins with a group of people partying around an idol sinning big time and ends with them giving back to the God they sinned against. We have to start about um, six or eight chapters before what I just read in the book of Exodus. In Exodus chapters 25 through 31, scholars point out that detailed instructions are given to Moses On Mount Sinai, so he goes up to the mountain to be with God, and God gives him instructions about furnishing the tabernacle, the mobile sanctuary for God's people, like a mobile church. But before Moses can lead lead the Israelites to get going on this thing, things get interrupted. They interrupt themselves. Moses is up on the mountain with God chatting with God. He gets the tablets of those Ten Commandments. While he's up there, well, listen to the story from Exodus. When the people saw that Moses was so long in the coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Aaron answered them, Take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing, and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they had handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in the front of the calf and announced, tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. So the next day, the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. Afterward, they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. These people are off the reservation. God sees this, doesn't like it, of course, Gives Moses a heads up about the idol party that his Israelites are doing at the base of Mount Sinai. God is furious. Moses mediates, negotiates. We see Moses in this mediator role now, which actually prefigures Christ. So Moses is the go-between between God and sinful Israel. Ultimately, Christ is gonna do that in the ultimate way. We'll get to that later on. If you, those of you who just studied Hebrews, you learned about that in Hebrews, right? Moses goes back to the camp, and he takes the calf, burns it in a fire, shatters the tablets of God's commandments, grounds the idol into powder, scatters it on the water, and makes the Israelites drink it. There are severe consequences for the Israelites. Moses continues mediating on behalf of Israel, between Israel and God. God is really upset, but as Moses mediates with God, meets with God in the tent of meeting, is the go-between between God and God's people. The Lord speaks with Moses as a friend. He relents. There are severe consequences for Israel, but he relents from, God relents from wiping them out totally, and God reboots the whole covenant plan. He renews it. You find all kinds of interesting things on YouTube. One of my favorite is a guy who had been in prison for a while who who um, goes on there and gives talks about his experience of coming out of, of that whole experience, being in the shoe, being in these horrendous experiences in jail, I think for about 10 years. He has a whole organization now. and One of the things that I remember he said was when he was in there and seeing his... Colleagues in there, so beaten down and feeling so stuck, and him saying, wanting to say to people from his perspective now, this former prisoner, now released, saying, wanting to say to his colleagues, You can come back. You can come back. There's hope, even right from where you are. And he, this guy, uh, did a program in prison. He worked out. He got, you know, stronger. He made it through. And one of the things that he talked about, though, is it can be hard to believe that when you've blown it and messed up that you can't get back. But he said, You can come back. You can come back. You're not stuck. What we see in God's grace to the people of Israel in this story is the same truth. You can come back to God. They blew it royally with this idol party. They were delivered, saved, God did everything, God got them out of trouble, and then they got impatient, and they blew it, and they defied God, and they rebelled. But they could come back, because God came back. God came back. Things may have been shattered, there were consequences, there were dire consequences as a result of it, but that would not be the last word. There are dire consequences sometimes for our mistakes in our lives, real things that we have to face and deal with and handle. But that's never all there is in the gospel. We can come back because God comes back. And here, after all of this big mess up and Moses renegotiating, being the mediator of whom Christ would later become the ultimate mediator, better than Moses, new covenant. But now we get here a foreshadowing of Christ's work as our mediator to bring us back to God after we've messed up. Moses then ministers this word to these people. Yeah, there's consequences. Yeah, you blew it. Yeah, I'm mad, but you can come, you can come back because I came back. And God reboots the covenant and this reboot covenant, rebooted covenant, renewed covenant takes particular shape as we get through you know these chapters of Exodus 31, 32, 33, 34. God gives a map of sorts for Israel's comeback. It's their comeback trail. In response to God's promises and his grace, Israel is to get rid of all the foreign altars. They're to keep certain festivals. The whole idea of all these festivals in the Old Testament is that there were opportunities for Israel to remember the goodness of God, remember the God they were coming back to, remember what God did. Moses continues these conversations with God. He meets in the tent with God, this mini sanctuary tent. He'd come out and give the people the updates, the commands from God. And then, remember I said in the beginning prior to this section, there were plans for a sanctuary, a tabernacle. Well, that got interrupted by their failure to obey, by the rebellion. It was put on hold. But they could come back. Because God came back. Listen to what Moses says in 35 verse 4. Moses said to the whole Israelite community, this is after he's been meeting with God, negotiating with God, trying to get them back on track with God after their big mess up. This is what the Lord has commanded. From what you have, Moses says, take an offering for the Lord. Everyone who is willing is to bring to the Lord an offering, and then he goes off, of gold, silver, bronze, Blue, purple, scarlet yarn, fine linen, goat hair, ramskins dyed red and other durable leather, acacia wood, olive oil. As they were listening to this, having messed up and wondered, are we gonna, is, is that, are we gonna get to build the sanctuary? Are we still gonna get to build the sanctuary? And then Moses is going on. Spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense, onyx stones and other gems to be mounted on the ephod and breastpiece. yes. We're back. God's people, having sinned horribly against God, having been interrupted from God's plans to have a sanctuary built where he could dwell with his people, looking like it was game over, all done, they could come back, right back to that sanctuary. God was going to do that. Renowned scholar Walter Brueggemann, scholar of the Old Testament, kind of a legendary guy, He highlights that a key feature of this this section I'm about to read is the Hebrew word kol, which means all. Listen to all the alls. Verse 35, starting in chapter 35, verse 10. This is all the list now of, of, of how Moses is calling God's people back to the project that got interrupted. Listen, all who are skilled among you are to come and make everything the Lord has commanded. The tabernacle with its tent Yes, they're back. And everyone who was willing and whose heart moved, heart moved them came and brought an offering to the Lord for the work on the tent of meeting, for all its service, for all the sacred garments. All who were willing, men and women alike, came and brought gold jewelry of all kinds, brooches, earrings, rings, ornaments. Everyone who had blue, purple, or scarlet yarn, or fine linen or goat hair, ram skins dyed red, or the other durable leather bought, brought them. Those presenting an offering of silver or bronze brought it as an offering to the Lord and everyone who had a case he would for any part of the work brought it. Every skilled woman spun with her hands and brought what she had spun and all the women who were willing and had the skill spun the goat hair. All the Israelite men and women who were willing brought to the Lord freewill offerings for all the work the Lord through Moses had commanded them to do came on, they're back on, they came back you can come back. Dr. Brueggemann points out on the one hand, the repeated word here for all, coal, is used to describe the participation of all the people. This is inclusive. The contributors include men and women, leaders and people. Each gives at the point of personal strength, those who have goods and those who have skill. On the other hand, this repeated word coal for all is used for the totality of the materials and the totality of the work to be done as well. Another scholar says, everyone may share in the construction. Everyone can give a gift. Even the people who have no skill to work, what do they bring? They bring the raw materials, personal jewelry. People bring in their personal jewelry. Women could spin. Wealthier chieftains could bring the precious stones and spices all have a part in building the sanctuary for Yahweh. And without each without each playing his or her particular part, it cannot be completed. People went from being in the doghouse to building God's house after Moses negotiates as the mediator on their behalf. We too... Because of our sin, our, 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 the, the Bible explains that we've got a broken relationship with God, we do our own thing, we blow God off, we lose our way. We're in the doghouse. But instead of Moses as our mediator, as our go-between, between us and God, we get Jesus, the Son of God, as the one true mediator between us and God. Moses 2.0 or or 10.0 or 100.0 or 1,000.0. He makes atonement, Jesus does for us, covering our sins. Kefale in Hebrew means to cover. He covers us. He intercedes, prays for us on the throne, as Hebrews 7.25 says. He blesses us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, as Ephesians 1 says. And he is the place as St. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, that we are made new. If anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Prophet, priest, and king, Moses and David wrapped into one, the new Adam too, the new, new person. We become new to where Paul will say in his letter to the Corinthian church, you are, you are God's temple. You are the body of Christ. The Israelites, after messing up big time, how good this must have felt to hear this call to give and think, wow, spices, you know, fabric, acacia wood. Wow, we mean, we're really gonna get to do this after we blew it? We're back? Yeah, you're back. We too gather today in worship, we we." We confess our mess-ups and our hearts to God, either corporally or individually. We come before God to hear his grace again. We embrace the grace. We see all that he's given us that we can come back again. And we're invited to help create God's temple again. Each of you brings your own fabric, your own jewels in who you are recreated in Christ. You and I are the temple of God's work. What do you have to bring? Do, Do you know what you have to bring? What do you have to give? I imagine the Israelites, when they're hearing this, hearing Moses give this command after they thought it was game over and they realized how much they'd messed up, and now they're hearing this call to give and they're thinking through the inventory of all they own. Well, I think I have some of that blue fabric. Oh, maybe I have some of that red, that red ram skin. Oh, maybe I have some of Casey wood. Go home and get it, let's get it. That's what we do as a church. We're here to encourage each other to help us know what each of us has to give and to bring. That includes financial giving. We talked about last week the tithe principle from uh, uh, Jacob's life, where he gave a tenth of everything, and everything does include the checkbook. So every person, as as Paul talks about in his in his ministry to Corinth, can assess to give some kind of gift that's in your conscience through the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit help you assess what financial generosity you are called to because that's part of your whole being, your finances are. But of course, that's just one piece. Listen Listen to what else God does. God has appointed in the church, this is from the Corinthian church, the letters of the Corinthian church from Paul. Listen to what else God does. God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, miracles, gifts of healing, helping, administrating, various kinds of tongues. And Paul has several other gift lists in his letters to the early church where he talks about the different spiritual gifts that God gives. And no one of them is meant to be exhaustive. They, They get expanded and contracted. But the idea is God gifts his people. The people of the Old Testament story have their fabrics and their leathers and their onyx and their, their um, acacia wood. Aesthetics do matter. God continues to still use nice pulpits and chalices and candles uh, and guitars and amplifiers and organs. These earthly things are appropriated to tell God's story. That continues. Don't miss that here. There's a hallowing, a re-hallowing of creation through the Holy Spirit, that God still uses the stuff of earth to tell his story, right? But even more than that, God uses you. God uses you and me. Listen to how God raises up artists in the Exodus story. See, he says in Exodus 35, the Lord has chosen Basil, son of Uri, the son of Hur, and he has filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze. And likewise, there's Oholiab. He has filled them, Moses says, with the skill to do all kinds of work as engravers, designers, embroiderers, in blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, fine linen and weavers. God blesses and hallows the creation of out of his creation of elements and, and, and earthly things to tell his story. God still does that. I am sure that some of you have those gifts and skills. We have a prayer quilt. Uh, the mom of the guy who the prayer quilt was for uh, came and took it during our worship, which was great. Go take it. Bless bless your son who has MS. But you'll see this from time to time over here. We'll have these prayer quilts that somebody made. So that continues, right, in that way. Maybe you have some of those gifts, Maybe you have, like Carrie Robinson, you have the gift of cookies. <laughs> cookies are a blessing too. Remind us of the sweetness and grace of God. Cookies are grace in moderation. Gotta watch that. But God also blesses you as a person to, to shape his story in your own spiritual gifts. How is God shaping you in your own life to tell his story? What jewels does he give you as far as your gifts? You've got them and you can come back and you can bring them. We all get distracted. Just this week, we probably got distracted. We probably got interrupted using God's gifts. Every day, probably, we all struggle with that. We're here to help each other because we are Israel, right? They're us and we lose, we lose our way and we wanna use our gifts and then we get off track and we call each other back to track here. We have a great and gifted staff here at our church. Amazing group of people. But if Moses needed help, we certainly do <laughs> too, right? Moses and Aaron needed help. And that's why they call these people, they call these people here to help. Bill Dickinson is a great job greeting at every, at every one of our services here. The gift of greeting. Aji Broto, one of our new elders, he is leading a prayer ministry in the, uh, early in the morning every Sunday to pray for our worship services before we even start. Jason Diamante is a new member. He has the gifted mind who I meet with him and we talk theology and he helps me think through what I believe. The gift he is a budding teacher. He's a gift of thinking and teaching. Jamie Bjorn, one of her new elders. You hear her singing up here with Jim. Her dad. Jim and Jamie both have wonderful voices. But when they sing together, you know, Jamie has that, you know, Maggie Rogers, you got that Maggie Rogerian little bit of voice going on there. When Jim and Jamie sing together and they harmonize, you heard it this morning. One plus one doesn't just equal two. One plus one equals 37. When Jim and Jamie sing, right? It's beautiful. This is how this works. If we're doing our job here, we're inviting people in to the constant second chance of God. Come back, you can come back, come back, come back and engage and share and give. What do you have to give? If you're wondering about that, you know, there's different tests you can take. None of them are perfect. Something called the APES test, which we've used, that has some taxonomy for how you can think about your gifts. It's not God, it's not the Bible, but it's used of God, right, to find your way. That might be helpful for you. If it is, let us know if you're interested in learning your spiritual gift through something like the APES test. Or StrengthsFinder is a really good um, extensive test that isn't necessarily around the spiritual gifts of the scripture, but does get at your strength is a very good, very good tool. These are tools. They're tools. They're not perfect, but they're tools. And they may work for you. Or it may just be listening to a friend, saying, asking a friend, what do you see in me? That's what we want to tell each other. What do you have to give? Like we imagine the Israelites being called to build the temple. Imagine taking an inventory of what they have at home. I might have some fabric. I might have some of this. I might have some of that. We want to help everyone here take their own inventory of what you have. And I guarantee you, you have more than you think. And when we move in the spirit in our gifts, we begin to realize how much we have. And listen to what happens here. When everyone's moving in the spirit to contribute to God's sanctuary, his church, what happens? Moses hears from his skilled workers, hey, the people are bringing more than enough for doing the work the Lord commanded. Moses has to then give an order and say, no more, we have more than we need. No man or woman is to make anything else. Time out, we gotta take a break. This is what happens. The willingness to a people exceeded the requirements of the craftsmen, scholars tell us. The people bring more than enough. This is what God does. If we're doing our job here, we're creating a, an atmosphere as we're examples for you in leadership, using gifts. We're inviting you to come alongside us, sing with us, harmonize with us, take risks. Bring your gifts to this setting. And one plus one will equal 37 again and again. The warning of the text is that as we are called to build the sanctuary, you can lose your way. You can get interrupted with impatience like happens with the Israelites or just temptation, fear, insecurity. The warning of the text is be careful because remember we said we are Israel. Just like they lost their way and got off track from the, the plan that God had to make them a sanctuary, to make a sanctuary with them. We can too. But that's why we come to worship, to get back on track again and again. You can come back. You can come back again and again. You have more to give than you realize in Christ. May it be so for you and for me. Let me pray. Gracious God, thank you that we can come back. Thank you for how you're gifting the body of Christ. Thank you that we get to invite that. Thank you God for Jamie and Bill and Angie and Jason and others. All the lay ministry we hear, we know, we have here, we know we have 150 micro expressions of ministry to build your sanctuary in the body of Christ and move us in 100,000 nudges toward discipleship deeper and deeper in you. Thank you for your patience with us. Thank you that we can come back because you've come back to us. Through Christ we pray and all God's people said, amen.